Riverside. Season 2, Episode 8 of Garage Takes. Welcome. Brant, how are you doing this evening, my friend? I'm doing great, Dave. It is so nice to have NFL football this weekend. We get some Lions action this weekend, baby. Let's go, man. And I can confirm for our listeners that you showed up for for our fantasy football draft. You were there (laughs) right on time. That was outstanding, man. Outstanding. And you were making fun of me the whole time. Unless you were not being sarcastic. I know for a fact somebody was there helping you with that draft. <laughs> I, heard, I heard him in the background on our phone call, and I know that you were getting help, but I'm not. See, now I'm public. Now we're publicly talking about it. I'm just going <laughs> to – we haven't discussed this before. I'm just going to let this settle. We'll talk about it at a at a different time. Man, Season 2, Episode 8. If you haven't done so already, give us a like. Follow, subscribe, a five-star rating, a positive comment, review would go a long ways for us. It's free to do so. We appreciate your support as always. For those of you that are new to the Garage Takes podcast, we are certainly not experts. I would describe Garage Takes as simply you and your buddies sitting around the garage, sitting around the fire, uh, having a couple cold ones, talking sports. And that's exactly what inspired us to start this show. Brant and I have been friends for way too long and uh we decided to make a podcast out of it in all of our sports talks and conversations especially about michigan football big 10 everything a little bit of michigan state here and there and definitely some nfl basketball you name it uh we're glad you're here with us though i don't want to waste any more time on that just want to welcome everybody that is new to the garage takes podcast as we are trying to continue to grow our show brant speaking of michigan football Undefeated, baby. Yeah. One and oh. One and oh and a big one and oh, Dave. I mean, explanation point on that W. Absolutely went out and got after it after Colorado State. I was in the building. It was glorious. Uh let me just tell you, when JJ took the field, that crowd went to the next level. And as you would expect, Dave, he was lights out, man. Yeah, what I'm curious what what was the energy like in there with with Cade? Was there any was there any booing or anything of like any misthrows or anything like that? Or was that I kind of hoped that that wasn't the case. He does he is definitely does not deserve that. I, but you know how people can be sometimes. I Dave, I didn't hear any boos. It was more of the size that you heard. It was like oh, we had a drop pass. Um, you know, not all of it was Cade's fault. But I think people. You could definitely tell there was tension in the air when Cade was out there. And it just felt like if he wasn't going to be perfect, he had an opportunity to lose his job. And you could kind of feel it uh, throughout the stadium when when the drives were stalling with field goals or the near interception that he had um, that – you can't see replays in the in the um, stadium, Dave. Like they don't show them, uh, so I couldn't tell what was going on with it. Um, however, they did overturn it. Luckily for Cade, um, so that was a big turning point in that game. I felt like if we give that one away, it could be a big problem. Uh, but it didn't matter what Colorado State was going to do. That defense was stout, and uh, they they had a lot of different players step up. 
They definitely did. I want to stick with the quarterback conversation for just the for just a moment. So I don't know, man. I I know everybody knows you and I are both team JJ. We don't need to go down that rabbit hole again. JJ's about to get a shot this this weekend. We'll talk about that here shortly. But I felt like watching this game, I could not help but think, am I watching Michigan from September and October of last year? And what I mean by that is, no, Key did not make a bunch of awful throws, but it certainly wasn't perfect. It wasn't clean. They weren't pretty. Uh, it, it definitely seemed like the first game, I give them that, right? Like this is the first game of the season. Um, Cornelius Johnson dropped a couple balls. Ronnie Bell dropped a ball. Um, I mean, it wasn't the cleanest game, and it's not all on on Cade McNamara. But I couldn't help but think watching this, like, man, really against Colorado State, we got down into the red zone twice right there, and and we're tossing Jake Moody out there to kick a field goal against Colorado State. Like, it's got to be better than that. It just does. Um, and that's what Michigan was last year. And really, they never... I don't ever say they fully corrected it. It definitely got better as the season went on. But what Cade, from everything you heard from the media leading up to this game, this was Cade's job to lose. That's what we've heard anyway. And maybe that hasn't been the case. But Cade needed to go out there. He didn't need to have a perfect game, but he had to leave no room for doubt. Uh, because you know JJ is about to come out this weekend and do his thing. Um, he, he, he's going to make some flashy big plays. That's what JJ does. You saw it this past weekend as he make plays with his legs, but Kate did not help himself at all. And you leave this game and I don't have the stats in front of me, but I know it was nine of 18, roughly, uh, let's just say 135 yards ish and a touchdown in almost interception, a few drop balls. And it just wasn't what was needed in this quarterback competition that we've all been clamoring over for months it seems like that was it that was the that was the product I don't know Brent how did how did you feel about that because I don't want to come across as I'm constantly bashing Cade but even if Cade was our starting quarterback this year after watching that game I'd be like man all I've heard is how much he's improved and how he's playing the best football ever and that game just didn't do it for me and you can't just throw a bunch of check down pat. I, I understand that it was Colorado State. I understand they're not going to unleash the playbook, but uh, I just it left a sour taste in my mouth. What? How do you feel about that? Let's go back last year, Dave. Let's take a trip back to the Rutgers game last year, where that felt very much like if we had an opponent that could actually challenge us and we couldn't run the ball, Dave. You know what I'm talking about when we struggled to run the ball last year. And guys and teams were stacking the boxes. You're talking not eight, nine guys. It was incredibly tough for Cade to move this offense. And it almost felt like last year against Rutgers at home, we were going to lose that game until Aiden Hutchinson had to bail us out. And he did that in a couple different games. Um, you want to talk about the defense bailing us out? I mean, there were times against Northwestern where that happened. There was times against Ohio State where that happened. And it just felt like it was going to happen again. If, if Cade was going to play that whole game, I think it was going to be a little bit tighter than everybody would have expected it to. If he would have played the entire third and fourth quarter, Dave, I don't think you're getting the result that we ended up getting. And 
it's it's when we struggle to run the ball is when Cade struggles the most. And I think that when you put JJ in there, you have that dynamic zone read where you know he can keep it. That's going to help the running game. And I think he's just a little better passer, and that's going to help open up uh, the passing game as well when he's got different threats and he's not afraid to rip it. Were you surprised to see JJ come in when he did and see Jim move away from Cade? Earlier than I was actually anticipating. Were you surprised at all by that? Dave, I was shocked. Absolutely shocked. And I and I came into the game saying, I doubt we see JJ today, man. Um, definitely not when it was, was it 23-0, Dave, or was it 30-0 when he came in? Do you remember? I don't remember. Okay. I feel like it was 23-0, and it was in the third quarter. It was pretty early in the third. I do know that. And I know he got a snap in the second, but he didn't get a full drive. But he definitely got a full drive in the third. And, man, it was one of those, yep, that is a clearly, that is your starting quarterback is what it felt like. Um, and, and it goes back to this whole, J.J. is just more of a dynamic player and – Cade is going to be Cade, and I hope he says all the right things and does all the right things. With that being said, I think if he loses his job, there's a whole bunch of other questions we got to get into, Dave. I would agree with that for sure. Um, I, yeah, you're right. And JJ has said and done all the right things. You know, I recently listened to his interview with John Jansen on In the Trenches podcast, and JJ is just polished. He's poli- He seems to be, even though he's 19, 20 years old, whatever, he's polished. He's, he's the face. I mean, we talked about this before. He seems like he's ready to be the face of this program. And now he gets to go out and show it this upcoming weekend under the lights against a terrible Hawaii team that they should absolutely steamroll. And... But they should have steamrolled Colorado State. And they did on the scoreboard. But it certainly didn't feel like watching Kate out there, you're like, oh, yeah. This offense is rolling right now. I saw Roman Wilson take a bubble screen out to the house, and that was about it in terms of electricity from from that offense. Uh, and, and the running game's got to get going, too. I, I, I was, I don't want to say I was surprised, but I was a little bit surprised to see, uh, you know, you didn't see Blake Corum or Donovan Edwards break open a big one. They both did score a touchdown. I'm still high on those guys. They're going to have a special season. Uh, but the offense just wasn't clicking, and, I wasn't at the game like you were, Brant, but it did seem like there was just a different energy when when JJ came in that game. Jim Harbaugh described him as electric after the game. And I do want to let's stick right there for just a second after the game. So Brant, go ahead. You want to hop in and say something? I just I, I just want to say that when the crowd was most excited, Dave was all the defensive plays that we saw. I, I think the defense answered a lot of questions for a lot of people. And um, I know the Rod Moore interception can get overlooked because it was kind of an easy one to, for him to pick off. But we're talking about a team that kind of struggled to take the ball away a little bit last year. Through the air, I mean, like interceptions. And just to have uh, the fumble return for a touchdown and just being opportunistic, I mean – if that's what Jesse Minner is going to bring to this defense and try to score every time they get the ball, bring it on. Right, and keep in, keep in mind it is Colorado State, obviously, but I I agree. I mean, I think I I had less questions about the offense just because I mean we we know you we lost Josh Gaddis as the offensive coordinator to Miami. 
but you kept two people in-house in Sharon Moore and Matt Weiss to be co-OCs there. But then you bring in a brand new guy as Mike McDonald left in Jesse Minter on the defensive side of the ball. And I loved what I saw. They were aggressive. They were letting everybody eat his words, not mine. It's a defense that he wants to run and they want to force turnovers. And they did that. Um, and Michigan didn't do that even against less than mediocre teams last year. Now they were very, very good defense. I'm not knocking them, but they weren't a defense that was going to really create a lot of turnovers. You saw that happen this past weekend. They got to keep that up. A lot of guys stepped up. I mean, we don't need to go through the entire list here. I was very impressed with with Mozzie Smith. I was very impressed with Jalen Harrell. Junior Colson is an NFL player. And um, I also was impressed with Iabi Anoma, the kid they just got, former Alabama recruit. We talked about him previously. First First snap he's ever played for Michigan, he gets in there, gets the quarterback down, and he looks like he could be a real problem. And and I agree, it's nice, Brant, sometimes. I mean, we hear a million things from Michigan football and the coaches and everybody's great and this and that. And you've heard this idea of this defense could be better and faster than they were last year. And I don't want to say I rolled my eyes at it, but it is kind of like, really, we just lost Aiden Hutchinson, David Ajabo, Dax Hill, like... First round draft picks. I I can't buy into the fact we're about to be better than last year. And I'm not bought into that even like right now as we're recording this, but I feel a lot better about that and seeing how this how these guys got around and how it really was a starless, if you want to call it that, a starless defense that where everybody stepped up, was put in position to be successful, and that unit looked like a unit. They were cohesive, they played very, very well. Um I want to go back, Brant, just one last time to the quarterback thing, and then we can move on from this. And we can preview this Hawaii game just momentarily. There's not too much to say about it, yeah. Um, After the game, Brant, Cade McNamara, in his interview, I, oh man, I do not know what to make of this. Maybe I am just looking too far into it. Uh, Probably am, but... Cade is not just the quarterback of this football team. He's a captain. And Cade looked defeated. He did. He looked defeated. He didn't really mince words. He, uh, and I'm going to read it quote by quote. Um, but he was down after his team just won by almost 50 points and go out to a 1 0 start. And you can tell, and I'm not bashing Kate. Kate is a human being. He's a kid still. Like, this is personal to him. He's a competitor. He won a Big Ten championship. He beat Ohio State. We got to the college football playoff. Of course he feels like this is his job. Any good, like, star caliber football player, or at least in their head, view themselves that way, they're going to see themselves as the guy. So I'm not faulting Kate for that. But when asked about... This being just an unusual setup was the was the words that the media reporter used when asking him the question that Jim Harbaugh has has made this an unusual competition as he's starting week one, JJ starting week two. What does that do? And and Kay's response was the following. He said, I would definitely say it's pretty unusual. It was kind of a thing that I wasn't expecting by the end of camp. I thought I had my best camp. I thought I put myself in a good position. That was just the decision that I guess coached went with. And then he goes on to say, um, 
I was confident in the way that I performed at camp. I've definitely felt that way all along. However, it's just not my decision. So whatever it is, whatever my role is, I'm just honored that my teammates recognize me for the role that I have currently. And that's about it. Brant, I hearing that, that is not what I want to hear out of our starting quarterback, at least out of week one in our captain of our football team. You can't. In, in a breath, throw your coaches under the bus. Even if you feel that way, you got to be composed enough to not throw your coaches in this sort of like, well, the coaches are just going to do what they're going to do at this point, but at least my teammates believe in me. I don't know. that that It rubbed me the wrong way. What, what did you feel about that? Am I overreacting? I mean, Dave, I think you're slightly overreacting because you get a guy that just came off the field and he and he, maybe he heard some of the tension or he heard some of the boos and he was probably pretty pissed off, to be honest with you, Dave, and just to be frank. And so I think you were getting a guy that was a little bit uh, sour grape in it. Um, I think he can see what's coming down the pike at him. And I, and I think he was just upset in the moment. And I think we've all been there. Um, at least I have for sure about, Hey man, that really made me <laughs> upset me and I haven't had a time to digest it. So thanks for this question. 25 minutes after I get off the field. Um, I mean, he's still in his gear. So that lets you know that that was still a pretty fresh take. And, um, depending on what happens this, the rest of this week, or maybe what happens after Hawaii, what he has to say. Um, I, I think I'll wait to save judgment on that, Dave. Did we watch Cade Mara? Cade Mara. Did we watch Cade McNamara start his last football game at the University of Michigan as the quarterback, barring injury? Of course, was that it? I think barring injury, that was probably it. Um, I could definitely see a path for him to get another start uh, with the way that JJ has been taken. I mean, he even took some hits in that whole or in that Colorado State game. There were some hits that I thought, "Hey, you got to get down, man." So I think that Cade needs to be ready at a moment's notice, but I think he has officially passed the torch, if you will, uh, to JJ to uh, start the rest of the season, at least, Dave. Yeah, he like begrudgingly passing that torch, maybe trying to catch JJ on fire while passing. No, I'm I'm joking, but yeah, I I, I agree with you. I think that um, man, I. I hope JJ goes out and just lights it up against Hawaii. I hope Michigan just steamrolls and looks great. I have no reason to believe that they that they won't. Um, I, I agree with you. JJ has got to get down. JJ spoke to that. He realizes it. He also spoke out. He's a hockey guy. He's always been. He's a hockey player. He likes physical contact. He also realizes that's not sustainable for him if he's going to be the starting quarterback of this football team. The thing I'm most excited about, Brant, is we get to finally see JJ be the guy. Even if it's for one week, like, I don't know how this competition shakes out. Right now, it's certainly arrows are pointing towards J.J. McCarthy being Michigan's starting quarterback. But we get to see J.J. trot out there and be the starting quarterback of this team. Not just go out there for a few plays, get creative on a run option, make the or a read option, make the right read, take off on a cool run, bring Cade back in. Like, you're going to see J.J. have to sustain some drives and move the football, and I'm excited to see it. But what I don't want to hear from Michigan fans is he throws an interception or his throws are not all right on time. I don't want to hear about it because you know what? Cade's weren't either. They weren't. So so get that that argument has to, to leave. Cade was not perfect. His decision making was not great. Sure, he was nine of eighteen and they weren't all his fault, but 
let's give this kid a fair shot. Uh, I am beyond excited just to watch Michigan play. And the fact that it's under the lights, man, is just, I love that. Saturday night, like, 8 o'clock game, it's going to be outstanding. So um, I'm, I'm certainly ready for it. Brant, what do you make of Michigan State? Let's let's shift there for for a minute. Did you did you get a chance to watch that game? Yeah, I watched the uh, pretty much the entire game, Dave. Man, the offense came out hot. I thought Peyton Thorne looked really good for the first quarter and a half, um, and then things started to unravel a little bit. Uh, they gave up some runs. They gave up some passing yardage, and then the defense kind of looked what they were kind of last year. Um, you saw Xavier Henderson go down. You saw um, Darius Snow go down. And those are two key pieces to their secondary. And mind you, Snow will now miss the rest of the season. Henderson will be out for a good bit. They're talking a, a good bit meniscus. They said inde- indefinitely, yeah. Yeah, so we're at least I'm, – I'm thinking at least six to eight weeks he could be gone. Um, and that is a big deal for that secondary. Now, the thing was – um, they pulled away late at the end. Dave, did you happen to catch the Peyton Thorne interception across the body that it was almost like, hey, man, I know you're playing Western Michigan, but you're still in a football game here. Those decisions can turn the tide of a game. And that, Dave, I know we kind of put away the Michigan conversation for a second, but that kind of goes back to like, could you potentially see J.J. doing something like that? Like, hey, this is my time to shine. I've got to make this play. And then you're just doing too much. So that's not something that I want to see uh, out of any quarterback. And I think Peyton Thorne kind of checked himself after that of a, I can't do everything out here. Well, and I think Peyton Thorne has earned the credibility from last year to say, he's not that type of guy that's going to be making those plays regularly. I know the exact throw that you're talking about. I also read somewhere that his dad is like the offensive coordinator at uh, Western. So maybe... In that game, he felt a little extra pressure to make some things happen. You know, they probably had a lot of family at that game, more than usual. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I – State looked – they looked fine. I don't think any State fans, like, watched that game and were super excited. They did take care of business. It was week one. They beat Western. Um, I mean, Michigan beat Colorado State, right? Like, I, we don't need to spend a ton of time on these games. The big question mark remains with Michigan State is – this defense as they get into Big Ten play. What does this defense look like? Do they hold up? These two injuries to Darius Snow and Henderson to start the year are critical. Um, and and I don't know how deep this team is uh, on, on defense, especially a struggling defense from, from last year. So Michigan State, I said it last week. I think you've said it before. I still don't know what to make of this team. I'm not writing them off. I'm not discounting that they could still be a good team this year. But I, I left week one still unsure. I will say this, Dave. Defensive line, much improved. That's going to be a something for the Big Ten to, to recognize. And if there's going to be a strength to this team like it's been in the past for them, it's going to be in the trenches. Uh, offensive line still has a few questions, that's for sure. But the defensive line, they definitely brought it in game one. So uh, definitely some upside there for Spartan fans. Absolutely. Um, I So, Brant. Moving after uh, moving past Michigan to Michigan State, but sticking with college football for just a second, man. It I know it was just awesome to have college football back, but let's. I just want to hear your thoughts very quickly. Don't need to spend a ton of time on this, but is this a two team race for a national championship this year? Is this an Alabama Georgia race? Um, I, I, Alabama obviously 
didn't play anybody. Steamrolled. Bryce Young looked outstanding, as expected. Georgia absolutely rolled. Man, Dan Lanning was right. They were nowhere ready <laughs> to, to play Georgia. They got the top blown off, and it wasn't close. And the thing that I left with from that from that game was New Georgia just lost their entire defense, it seemed like. I know it wasn't everybody. To the first and second round of the NFL, and they are reloaded and look great and look like they are going to be a problem again this year. Now, they may not be historically good like they were last year, but, man, they look good. And the Cade McNamara of Georgia, Stetson Bennett. Guess who did improve? Guess who did improve? That boy improved. (laughs) He improved. Now, if Cade would have played a little more like him, improvising, making plays with his legs, throwing darts all over the field. I mean, damn, when you talk about a guy that was, like, legit – I, a, I did make some improvements. I feel really good about myself. And then he goes out and does it against maybe, maybe the top team in the Pac-12. I mean, come on, give the guys, give the guy his due, and I'll give Georgia all the due in the world. I, Dave, after that performance, I was ready to seat them at the top of the table. I mean, I don't, I don't see how they're not number one right now. Um, they are the ones that took on the challenge. Granted, in their backyard, but neutral site, sure, call it what you will. Uh, you're talking about a team that went to the Pac-12 championship last year. So, to me, I think that Georgia should have got the nod at number one. But, yes, very impressed with Georgia. I was impressed with Alabama, but we'll wait until this weekend to see what they're really made of. Um, And then Ohio State is a tier below right now, and I think Michigan's in that same tier. I think it's the tier of Georgia-Alabama, and then it's Michigan-Ohio State. Definitely not Clemson. Get those guys out of here. Uh, Notre Dame actually played pretty well for what they were. I think they've got the quarterback situation to figure that our offense could not move the ball very well. They've got questions there, but I think Notre Dame could be in that third tier, Dave. I agree. I want to so stick there for Ohio State for just a second. We know that, that that defense needed to get figured out, especially up front. They They certainly contain Notre Dame. Now, their offense was not what everybody was expecting it to be. Um C.J. Stroud did not tear – I mean, they lost Jackson Smith and the Jigba super early, but I don't want to hear that excuse. They're fully loaded with, with talent. Uh, the offense wasn't what we were expecting it to be. Ryan Day, like, continues to need to make throwing the football the priority of his offense, knowing that he's got electric running game just waiting there in Travion Henderson – uh, and the kid behind him, too, his name is slipping me. But great running game. Don't know why they did not run the football more early on. Uh, but at least in that first half, I'm like, okay, this isn't working. But anyway, that defense, Brant, are you buying that the uh, the Ohio State defense is improved? Do you still need to see more? Obviously, that was just one game, but they looked, they looked improved to me. Now, I don't know what to make of Notre Dame's offense either. So I need to see less... I need to see less from the defense right now. I, I thought their linebackers played pretty well. I thought their secondary was good. Uh, and the kid, Michael Hall, I think his name was, was just a monster in the middle all game long for them. So I have less questions right now, honestly, about the Ohio State defense. I have more questions about that offense, Dave. And like you said, uh, Mayan Williams is who you were referencing. And he did have a heck of a ball game. But we, I, I think Notre Dame took Michigan's recipe and they just tried to duplicate it with 
Safety's back all day. Let's keep everything in front of us. Nobody gets beat deep. And the time, Dave, if you remember, obviously remember, the time that Michigan did get beat, it was an outstanding pass that Garrett Wilson went up and got, and it was a beautiful play. Like, okay, we'll give you that one, whatever. But uh, I don't know, did you watch the game, Dave, where uh, it was like late in the third quarter, Notre Dame decided to blitz both of their safeties, just, you're, God, I'm third and 11. Why are you blitzing both of your safeties? It kind of just threw the rest of the game off, and it was over for Notre Dame after that. To me, Marcus Freeman made a, a young coaching mistake right there, and I think he, if he would have had that one back, obviously, he would have not blitzed both those safeties in that moment. Well, I I did watch that, but I was also going back and forth, Brant, between games because, and I know I know you're ready to, to to share the the picks here at the end, and I'll let you get your little dig in. But that Florida Utah game, I was texting you and Curdy like, dude, you got to watch this game. This is outstanding, and I so Utah throws an interception, like basically the last play of the game. Um, Instead of winning the game, they lose to Florida. Florida gets the upset. I'm still super high on Utah. I will not eat my words on that. I said on the last podcast it was going to be tough to go to Gainesville and win that game, um, and it was. But they were prepared, and they played a really good game, and Utah is still a dark horse playoff team for me, even though they're starting 0-1. That's a very good football team. Don't write them off yet. Anthony Richardson, the quarterback at Florida, looked awesome um he's a playmaker kid to keep your eye on for sure uh brant are you ready to move on from college football to the nfl i'm ready man i'm ready to do some lions okay lions dude we got nfl back yes i'm so excited lions host the eagles right they're in detroit this weekend aren't they yes they are i got some buddies going to the game they're getting geared up dude Okay, well, yeah, the one pride, the <laughs> roaring down the field, whatever it is they got to do, man. The Lions will be in action this Sunday at 1 o'clock. Brant, what do you feel like you are hoping to see from this team this year to – we don't need to go deep into this Eagles game right now. Uh, briefly, what are you hoping to see for, uh, see from this team this year uh, to – either make them a contender or start to at least get in the conversation, win some football games. What are you hoping to see? Dave, I'm hoping to see a continuation from last year late. Uh, now, one thing that you noticed when they were really good down the stretch last year, I don't know if really good is the word I want to use, but that's what I can come up with right now. But I will say that they were able to run the ball. Even a guy like Craig Reynolds behind that offensive line was uh, a standout. So I think if you can get guys like DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams – uh, and even Craig Reynolds himself behind that offensive line, you could see something special start to form. And I just mean special as in like, hey, they're getting some explosive plays out of the run game and not just passing the ball all over the park. So I, I think what they have to do, what I want to see, what I'm hoping to see is just a very solid run game. They can control the ball. They can control the clock. Uh, and they can let that offensive line 
do what it needs to do. I mean, it's a highly paid offensive line. It's a very talented offensive line. Let them go do their jobs. Like, let those boys eat. And, uh, you know, and I think time of possession for this team is going to be very important because I don't think that defense is quite there yet. I think they're going to cede some points to the Eagles definitely this weekend. But I do like their chances if they can hold on to the ball and run it. And uh, just be smart, Jared Goff. Just be smart. Yeah, I think that I really want to see these second-year guys take a leap, right? Like, Onzerikwe needs to, to get healthy. It needs to take a big step forward. Um, Derek Barnes, linebacker. I, I want to. Monra St. Brown, super high on him. Um, want to. He he looks to be like the truth, like a very good player, going to be real solid for the Lions. I want to see those guys take a a step forward. Uh, go ahead. What are you going to say, Jeff Okuda? Are you looking for him? I do. I want to see Jeff Okuda. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna have himself a nice season. I really do. If he can stay healthy, I think he's gonna have a nice season. Um, you're you're gonna want to to hope that you get what you paid for when you roll Aiden Hutchinson out there, and gosh, he he looks to be the part right now from what you've seen, from what you've heard, and uh, he's gonna he's gonna have his ups and downs. He's a rookie, but you hope that you get some from him. You, you hope that you get Josh Pascal, your second round pick, on the field um, at some point. He's not been out there. You you want to see Jameson Williams halfway through the season look like he was worth it to trade up and and go and get him I think he was uh, but I'm real excited to see these young guys take a step forward I'm excited to see the rookies make mistakes learn from them grow from them um, but I'm really excited to see these second year guys because to me that's a really telling thing about this coaching staff how do you get the most out of these players Brad Holmes appears to be doing his job well in terms of seeking out talent in the NFL draft something the Lions have not historically been able to do. And he seems to be doing his job. So the question is, is the the likable coaching staff that, that I'm super high on, I know you are too, Brant, I think most of America is high on after, uh, after watching them on Hard Knocks this year. But the question is, does it translate to wins? Does it translate to player growth? That's yet to see. And, and so... Yeah, I, it will translate in the win and loss column. I'm curious to see where they land. I know I took the under of six and a half games. I have them right around six wins. I know you took the over on that. I think both of those are fair picks. We'll have to wait and see. Um, but I'm excited for the Lions, and and I think that you can't count them out. I think they're going to be a pesky team that are going to frustrate some teams, to be quite honest. And and I'm cool with that this year. I'm not expecting the Lions to make a playoff run. Great. If they do, outstanding. Um, But I think they're going to be a pesky team. And and I'm excited to watch them. Like, I really am excited to watch Sunday at 1 o'clock. What does this product look like? What does Jared Goff look like? Does he look like the Jared Goff over the last month of the season last year? Or does he look like the Jared Goff that we were all too familiar with to start his career in Detroit? I'm hoping it's the, uh, you know, the latter uh, of of the of last season. But that's remained to be seen. He's surrounded with much more talent, weapons in the run game, the receiving game. I mean, that offensive line should be top tier. They got the potential to be a top five line in the league. I'm high on the Lions. I'm excited. I am. I'm excited to see what Jalen Hurts can try to give Detroit some turnovers. I do think that if there's something that Jalen Hurts is kind of known for, it is putting the ball in harm's way. But 
they they do run some deep receivers. You know, Devontae Smith, AJ Brown will be ready. Like Dale's Goddard. Like they will. They do have some studs over there. You know, their backs are good. Sanders, Gainwell. So it'll be interesting to see. And I think you can get after that defense a little bit. I think they will give up some points for sure. So if you couple with that with uh, J- Jalen Hurts turning the ball over a little bit, I think Detroit may have an upset on their hands, Dave. Okay, I like it. We're going to get into the bets here in a second. Brant, before we get into the bets, though, do you have a dark horse team in the NFL to keep an eye on that could make a, uh, a deep run into the playoffs, maybe sort of a middle-of-the-pack middle team? You get, Is there somebody you got your eye on? Dave, is it fair to choose the Denver Broncos? I know they made the move for Russell Wilson, and they're kind of a higher-profile team now, but it just seems like, hey, when that team can get it going – it's so tough to go into mile high and win. So you can almost pencil in that they're going to get five or six home wins on top of whatever they can get out of their, their road schedule. So I really do feel like uh, the Denver Broncos could be a team in the AFC. If they can get a couple uh, like home playoff games, they could be looking at a deep playoff run. Um, what's your thoughts, Dave? They play in a very tough division. That, that's my, that's my, my first thought. I think it's fair to be high on them. I mean, they made a huge move. They pushed all their chips in. We'll see. But they're in a very, very tough division, and Russell Wilson is not even the top top quarterback in that division. So, um, But I don't hate that pick. Uh, yeah, sure, I could call that a middle-of-the-pack theme. I don't know if this one is fair, but I'm high on the Colts. Um, I, I, I am. I, I think that... Matt Ryan is just good enough to take that offense to the next level, and they were close as it was. They got the arguably the best running back in the league in Jonathan Taylor. They, I'm high on their receivers. You know I love me some Michael Pittman. Um, I, I think that defense is good enough. Um, Quiddy Pay, you're not going to stop Quiddy. Come on. Um, I'm, I'm high on the Colts. Another team that I've got my eye on is just a sneaky little team could be the Saints, and the Saints have a decent defense, and I'm not sold on that uh, that division that they're in. I'm not sold on the Bucks being the Bucks this year. Maybe they will be. I mean, our Cowboys play them Sunday night this weekend, so I'll probably be eating my words here shortly as 45-year-old Tom Brady drops four touchdowns on them, but I think the Saints are a sneaky pick. They are absolutely loaded at wide receiver if Michael Thomas is healthy. Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry. Don't forget about Alvin Kamara. Mark Ingram, I think, is like back there, um, back in New Orleans now, backing him up. I mean, that team could be – and Jameis Winston, I know he's their quarterback. I know people love to hate on Jameis. You know he's going to turn the ball over. But he can also air it out, and I, this offense could be very interesting to keep your eye on. So those are my two teams. I know you, we just asked for one. Okay, Dave. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for giving two there. I'll stick with my one. Thank you. All right, cool. So, all right, man. Let's uh, let's get into the bets here. So, well, Dave, you want to recap last week, or you want to for those <laughs> for uh, those of you keeping tally at home? I went four for five last week, and Dave went three for five. That's why he was so intensely watching the Utah-Florida game where Utah threw the late pick and Dave lost uh, on that one in particular. So um, coming into this week, 
we have uh, a, a slew of games. Um, let's start with college football, Dave. Uh, Alabama-Texas, the noon game. Bama traveling to Texas. It's a true road game. Alabama isn't really known for this, so could be a tricky spot for Nick Saban and his uh, ball club. So it's Texas fa- or giving away 20 and a half. I'm excited to watch this game. I I think Bama covers that though. I think I think that Bama is that good. I don't think Texas is there yet. I can see this one starting close. I see Bama winning by at least three touchdowns. Okay. All right, Dave. I like that one. I will I will also rock with Alabama here. I think it's close. Maybe in the first quarter, like late first quarter, they don't get blown out immediately, but I think they pull away in the end. Uh, So give me Alabama to roll. Uh, Dave, I put on here, Iowa State at Iowa, rivalry game. We all saw what Iowa did last weekend, two safeties and a field goal to uh, just get by those pesky (laughs) jackrabbits. Brant, that was... I'm sorry. I, I can't let that go without talking about that. I texted Curdy because I knew you were at the game and you weren't getting service. I'm like, do you see this right now, Kurt? Five to three. I was winning this game. And sure enough, I looked at the final score and it was seven to three. Nope, nope. They never scored a touchdown. Yeah. Two safeties and a field goal. That If that isn't the most Iowa thing to do, I don't know what is. Yeah. So uh, we got Iowa State traveling to Iowa. Iowa actually favored by three and a half in this ball game. Who do you like, Dave, and why? I'll take Iowa State. I didn't even watch him this year. But after seeing what Iowa struggled to do last week against, what, like South Dakota State or whoever they were playing, I have no reason to pick them to cover three and a half points. That would require them winning like four to zero with two safeties and beating Iowa State. Uh, it is a rivalry game. I will take Iowa State uh, plus three and a half. Dave, I'm not only going to take them plus three and a half. I would actually take them on the money line. I love that play. There it is. If you can qualify it as an upset, um, I do love it. I think on the money line right now you can get them around plus 150. Uh, I still think um, Matt Campbell is a very good coach. Um, I think he can find a way to get it done there. They turned it over like five times last year in this game. I don't think they do it this year. So, um, Dave, I I wanted to go out west here um, and and get your thoughts on USC and Stanford. Uh, Stanford upset them last year. Uh, It was kind of a huge upset. Uh, Stanford at home getting nine and a half. We all know the the, um, Lincoln-Riley situation, Caleb Williams, potential coach of the year, potential Heisman candidate. What do you think, Dave? I'll take Stanford plus nine and a half. I think wow. it's a, I, I think that USC is the better team, but this game historically is close, and I think Stanford at home is going to keep this close enough uh, where they're going to – I'll take them with plus nine and a half. Okay, I'll grab USC here. Um, I like their chances. Uh, I, I caught a little bit. Well, I watched their highlights of, the, of them against Rice. Um, obviously, it's just Rice, but um, I like the way that they played it. They spread it around. Uh, their defense looked much improved. Um, so I will take USC. All right, Dave, switching gears to the NFL. Um, let's do it, man. Eagles at Lions. Let's start them off hot. Uh, uh, Lions getting four and a half. 
Lions plus four and a half. Man, I I will uh, I'll take that all day. I think the Lions are going to be right in the thick of this. I am not sold on the Eagles. Now I am I am slightly concerned for Jared Goff. Uh, having to go up against part of Georgia's starting defense last year and Jordan Davis on that D-line and N'Kobe Dean at linebacker. Going to be interesting to watch, for sure, against this O-line. But uh, I like the Lions plus four and a half here, especially because we're at home. Dave, I got to see it first. I got to see it. I was on, I just, I cannot buy myself into it. I think they play well, but I don't think it's enough to get the job done. Uh, I think they lose by maybe a touchdown. So I'll take the Eagles and um, give the Lions the points. So, um, yeah, that's a shot right through Dan Campbell. I am so sorry, Dan. Keep the receipt. Keep the receipt. (laughs) So, uh, all right, moving on. Chiefs, Cardinals, everyone's got the big question on Kyler Murray this year. Uh, What are you going to get out of him? Everybody's looking forward to seeing how the Chiefs look without Tyreek Hill. Will they come down a little bit to earth? Um, Could we maybe see a defensive battle here between the Chiefs and Cardinals? My goodness, you know, D-Hop's out for a little bit. So um, Cardinals giving away, or they're getting five and a half, sorry. Yeah, that seems like a lot of points. Uh, it, and I, while I think the Chiefs will win this game, it is at Arizona. There was a lot of smoke around the Kyler Murray stuff. I know that DeAndre Hopkins is out for like the first six weeks. But the Chiefs have got to, coming from somebody who just drafted the Mahomes and Kelsey stack for my fantasy team, I hope that the Chiefs roll this year. But I think it's going to take some time for them to really get in their mojo uh, without Tyreek Hill. I think Tyreek was a huge part of that offense, and I don't see Valdez Scantling or McCole Hardiman. I know they got Juju in there. They've got to figure this out. That running game's got to get figured out. I don't believe in Clyde Edwards-Alaire. We'll we'll see, but I'll take i I'm not super high on the Cardinals either, but I, I will take them at plus five and a half. Dave, I am right there with you. I think the main thing to watch in this game is can the Cardinals line get home to Patrick Mahomes, and if they can hurry him up a little bit. His safety blanket was what, Dave? Drop back 10 yards and just chuck it to tie and see what he can come up with. That safety blanket is now gone, and uh, maybe they double cover Kelsey and they make everyone else earn it. So I, I could see this being a problem for the Chiefs and, like you said, taking a little bit to figure it out. So I'm with you with the cards. All right, Dave, Monday night game, Broncos at Seahawks. Russ's return to Seattle. Seattle starting Geno Smith. They are getting six and a half at home. I'm telling you right now that the Broncos are about to roll the Seahawks. The Seahawks are going to be bad this year. They're going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. Russ comes back to Seattle. They're going to try and eat him alive there, uh, like the fans and everything. I, I'm curious to see that one. Like Russ is not a guy that people historically dislike. Like he's a pretty likable guy, but. The way he exited out of there and requesting a trade and, and that whole thing, I they'll try to make his life miserable, but I think the Broncos come out and, and roll the uh, the Seahawks. I definitely see them covering six and a half points. Dave, I know the talk is all going to be about Russ, but I guarantee you that coming out of this game, people are going to say, that's a really good Broncos defense. 
Uh, and it's going to have something to do with how bad Seattle's offense is. So I think that uh, I'd be surprised if the Seahawks put up 7 to 10 points here, honestly. I do not see them scoring many points at all. So I will also take the Broncos to cover the 6.5. I'm with you. Um, all right, Dave. Well, of course you are, Brant. Don't you remember back in the day I made you burn your Broncos t-shirt in a bonfire? <laughs> you remember that? Yeah, Dave. At Wes's house? <laughs> I, I was trying to find my fandom. I was going through a lot of different stuff. I was just a yeah. big fan of the NFL. <laughs> I was thinking about buying one of those NFL logo hats and just being, I'm a fan of the league. Let's go right. referees. <laughs> You're having uh, some identity issues for sure. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. All right. So check it out. I got at the lock of the week. It's back. I took the last week off of the lock of the week um, just because my first lock of the week with the under with Nebraska Northwestern, it didn't hit. I was kind of embarrassed. But guess what, folks? I am back, and I'm ready to give you a little nugget. So Louisville travels to Central Florida on Friday night. Dave, do you know who Louisville lost to in week one? No, I do not. They lost to a Syracuse football team by the score of thirty-one to seven. So what? <laughs> yeah, they have Carmelo Anthony out there. Right. No, they do have a back named Sean Tucker that is very, very good. But yes, I do uh, know that name. Okay, so uh, but I will tell you the fact that you went to Syracuse and lost thirty-one to seven, or I think they were in Louisville. Either way, uh, they traveled to Central Florida on a Friday night. I think it's just going to be treacherous. It's a six-and-a-half-point spread. Dave, I'm telling you right now, UCF covers that easy. I like the Golden Knights here. Um, And that's your lock of the week, man. All right, man. Great. Hey, another great episode. We got football really, really back now. College football, NFL football. We're locked in here for the next several months, and I am very, very excited about it. This is Garage Takes Season 2, Episode 8. Like, follow, subscribe, positive review, five-star rating. We appreciate it, as always. Couldn't do this without you guys. Have a great week. Be safe. Have fun. Enjoy some football. We're out of here. Powered by Riverside.